0: Well, Parkview, my name is Doug, one of the pastors here, and it is so good to be able to be with you this morning and worship our Lord and Savior. And so, if you have a Bibles, I would encourage you to open them up. Don't wait. Open them up. Psalm 111. As you heard, we are looking at a psalm of thanksgiving, a psalm of praise. While you're turning to Psalm 111, I just want to say a few words of appreciation. Um, If you've been around church the last couple of days, you would have seen that this room did not have a bunch of chairs in it, but rather it had tables filled with shoeboxes and gifts and... Many of you were here as well, packing those gifts into those shoe boxes um, so that we could participate in Operation Christmas Trial, which we have done so for for years. And so I want to just, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, We were able as a church to fill some 1,744 boxes. So that's a big number. Okay, let's praise God for that. Also, just want to thank, um, there's a number of volunteers, obviously, to, like, stuff those boxes. And so Pat Collins has just championed this for us year after year after year. And she has gotten many of her friends, and and many of you all have joined her in just really making this a possibility. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute and thank um, those wonderful individuals as well just so appreciative of their service and really as we consider what God has called us to be as a church as a people to to bring glory to him by making disciples and the way that we do that is through the whole church forming whole disciples the glory of God or sorry sorry I apologize I messed that one up let me try that over again okay the whole church forming whole disciples of Jesus for the good of all All people. And so, really, yesterday, that Operation Christmas Trial is a demonstration, a strategic way to be a blessing to all people through the great work of disciple making. And so, um, just really encouraged the work that you all were able to do um, to make that a reality. Um, this morning, as I said before, we are looking at Psalm 111, and, and you'll be helped this morning especially. It's a, it's a whole chapter that we'll be looking at, so it's a big section of Scripture. Um, you'll be helped if you do have your, a copy of God's Word with you and that you're looking at that this morning, because we'll, be, um, we'll be bouncing around a little bit throughout that chapter. Um, before I read, I'm going to read it in its entirety, it's 10 verses long But before I do, I just want to kind of present to you the big idea of the text what, what I believe God's word is calling us to as a people in Psalm 111 As we consider this passage of scripture, what we will see this morning Is that God has called us to be a people of praise He's called you and me to be a people. As his people, we are to be a people of praise. And the good news for us this morning is that we don't have to fake it. We don't have to fake it. I don't know, this week I went to a couple of different um, Hawkeye events. And if you've been to any of their sporting events, you know that they oftentimes have the big screen. I think they... They call it something, I'm not sure. And then at like timeouts and things like that, the, this, the camera will kind of pan around and you'll just, just capture people um, in the audience. And it's always so fun to watch people's reaction when their faces appear on the screen. And sometimes every now and then we'll get lucky and there'll be somebody who you can tell has no interest in smiling, right? They, they just aren't not going to do it, right? And, and oftentimes you'll see some folks who catches them off guard and they were not anticipating having to put on a smile and quickly they fake one for the team. All right. Um, the good news for us is, as a people, we as God's people, we have we are a people of praise, and we don't have to fake it. We're a people of praise, and we have good reason to praise God. We have good reason. Every single one of us. It is not lost on me this morning that we walk through those doors every single morning with a variety of different burdens. Pains, griefs, and hurts And even in the midst of all of that As God's people We still have good reason To give him praise So I'm going to go ahead and read Psalm 111 for us And I'll, I'll pray and then we'll dive in This church is God's word Praise the Lord I will give thanks to the Lord With my whole heart In the company of the upright In the congregation Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is His work, and His righteousness endures forever. He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works and giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Church, would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much that uh, as we approach your word this morning that we are reminded of this simple truth. Lord, you have called us, you have destined us, you have designed us to be a people of praise. And Lord, you have given us plenty of reason to be appraising people. And so this morning, our prayer and our request is very simply, Lord, that you would take Psalm 111 and that you would write it onto our hearts and that you would use it to shape us and to form us into the people that you have called us to be. Lord, we love you, and right now, um, we need you. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if you're keeping notes this morning Three simple points for us First is the commitment to praise Secondly, as we go through the text We'll look at the reason for praise And then finally, we will consider together The look of praise The commitment of praise The reason for praise And the look of praise So first of all, the, the commitment to praise Here's the truth, church We... As creatures made in God's image were made to praise It's what we were made for It should be no shock to us that we as we open up God's word That we discover here in Psalm 111 a, a really a song of praise It's what it is It's a song More specifically it's a praise song and it was given to us by God so that we might reflect on all that God is and all that his, He has done and that we might respond by singing His praises. If you look at the, the chapter, verses 1 and verse 10 sort of serve as, as bookends or brackets or sort of closing uh, verses of this song. And then verses 2 through 9, we discover a rhapsody of all the reasons that we have to praise or to give thanks to God. This, this Psalm 111, as some others are, is an acrostic Which means that 22 lines that are represented here Each of them begin with successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet The following Psalm, if we were to keep reading and go into Psalm 112 We would discover that it is structured in a very similar way It is also an acrostic, again, 22 lines each beginning With successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet But it's related not just in structure to Psalm 111 It's also related in subject matter More to come on that in a bit We shouldn't be shocked that before us this morning is a praise song In fact, praise songs are all over the place You turn on your radio and you will hear song after song after song Praising someone or something Maybe a pretty woman, perhaps Roy Orbison fans in the house may appreciate that Or, I mean, just just pick your, your, your favorite musician And you will discover one praise song after another Every one of us, no matter who you are, the reality is we give, we offer our praise to someone or to something. It's a fundamental driving force in all of human life. It's a drive, the Bible tells us, that we are born with, that we were designed by God to have embedded deep within our very souls, a sense that, that there is something more, something larger in life. That we are called to experience That we were designed to know God tells us in his word That he has planted eternity In our very hearts Which simply means That there's not only a a recognition That there's more to life But in each one of us There is a longing A deep desire That one day One day We might realize What that thing is Yesterday I was at the Iowa Hawkeye football game And um, this is the first time I'd seen this I don't know if this is a normal thing Maybe I'm just missing tradition here But there was, for a moment, Freddie Mercury I think it was after the third quarter maybe Appeared on the screen And there was sort of this call and response song that he did And that the whole stadium participated in And as I was watching Freddie Mercury on the screen I was reminded of a song uh, A popular song that he had written Obviously many years ago And the name of the song was this There must be more to life than this Maybe you're familiar with him And you know this song I'll read a few lyrics It says there must be more to life than this How do we cope in a world without love? Mending all those broken hearts And tending to those crying faces There must be more to life than living There must be more ...meets the eye. I think Freddie is on to something. Recently, I, was, uh, I had the opportunity to connect with an individual who, um, who was experiencing uh, significant challenge in their life. They, they were ultimately dealing with a, a broken heart, as Freddie Mercury would say, and as we were interacting, they had a, a crying face because the reality was they were, they were suffering. They were hurting. This in- individual had plenty of exposure as we talked to Christianity. A significant history with, with churches and, and had been exposed to the wonderful truths of the Bible over the years. But for their life, they refused to embrace the truth of the gospel, the hope that we discover in God's word. Didn't want to embrace it. But this individual, as we talked, it was very clear that they understood this basic principle. They were beginning to identify in their life, through their experience, that there must be more to life than living. There must be more than meets the eye. And out of desperation... They were asking, looking for help. The reality is, we are all designed to be sort of caught up in, if you will, something that is much larger than our lives. Because the reality is, we as, as human beings are limited, and we long for something that makes sense. Of our life and our experience and, and eternity is buried in each one of us If, if that is the case, then we, are, we were made for this To discover what this truly is To, to understand a, a reality that transcends Even our limited and oftentimes brutal experience We were made for praise The problem is, however, often that that we, we take this God-sized hole that has existed in our heart forever. And the great human struggle is that we try to fill it with virtually everything but God himself. And when we do that, our praise, the praise that we were made for, is misdirected. Perhaps it's praise towards ourselves and our own accomplishments and achievements Throughout our life Or maybe it's towards our loved ones Maybe our, our children and what they've accomplished I Want to praise them Or maybe it's a, a team that we are, are caught up in And we are number one fans of Or perhaps it's a new author or a musician Or, or maybe it's, it's possessions the, the new house or the fancy car Or the latest iPhone Oftentimes, the problem that plagues us Is that our praise is misdirected Well, in Psalm 111, it's very clear that this commitment that we are to have, that the the commitment that the the worship leaders, made by the worship leader here in Psalm 111, in the midst of the congregation, is for the praise of God and God alone. It says right there in verse 1, praise the Lord I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Our praise is to be directed to God and to God alone, with our whole heart, not with half a heart or a divided heart or a a portion of a heart, not just on our good days or when we feel like it. We are made for praising God, and God alone. In fact, the Bible tells us God is very clear. This is the very reason why he made us. In Isaiah 43 verse 21, he tells us that his people were formed for himself, why that they may declare his praise. This is this is what God says he wants for us. It's the whole reason we exist as a people is to bring praise to him and to him alone. So as a people who are made for praise, we must share in this commitment to be a praising people. Well, let's consider, I mean, many of you are probably thinking, tell me why. Why should that describe me? Maybe this isn't our experience. Many of us are wired differently. Some of us in this room, it's hard to imagine, are the glasses half empty type of people. And every circumstance that we look at or everything that exists in this world, we're constantly tempted to think of sort of the negative or what's missing or what could be. But yet God has called us to be a praise, a people of praise. Why? We'll look at verses 2 through 9, and we'll see he gives us many reasons Why regardless of our circumstances This should describe our attitude to God And those reasons are kind of found up Bound up in two different categories First is simply because of who God is His character Throughout the chapter the psalmist directs us To consider aspects of God's character And, And the whole chapter is just absolutely peppered With words that describe who God is Just look down at the text. His righteousness endures forever. God is righteous. The Lord is gracious, and he is merciful. He is a provider. We discover that he is faithful. He remembers his covenant. This is just who he is. He's a just God. He's a redeemer. He's holy, and he is awesome. That is who God is. This is him. This is God, and the only proper response from His people, as we consider collectively who He is, should be that of praise. Just because of who He is, we know who He is. Like what we just did. How, how do you know that this is? How do you know that this describes God? Well, I'll give you two reasons. We'll consider the, the later next. But what did we just do? We simply looked at His Word. And through his word God reveals to us his character. So we don't have to wonder, we don't have to guess what is God like. He tells us plainly and clearly through his word. But that's not all he does. He also reveals his character through his works. Now now here's the deal. We'll, we'll talk about that second, but before we do, I just want to remind you why this is such good news for us. Why this is such good news for you this morning Because as I said we walk in this room Every week From different places And the truth is We're sitting in this room as a family That doesn't fully know often What other members in our family are facing We don't we, we come from different places. We have different stories. We face different challenges, sickness, loss, financial burdens, brokenness, addiction, trauma of different kinds. For some of us, the past continually to this day haunts us. And why this truth, that our praise is, is ultimately... The reason for our praise is ultimately rooted in the character, the nature of God himself. The reason why that is such good news for us this morning in a world that is constantly changing is because God never changes. The reasons that we have to offer him our praise... Are forever What's so comforting about Psalm 111 Is that it is a constant reminder And I mean it is a constant reminder It's always true And we can tap into it anytime we desire It's a constant reminder that our ability Or the reason to praise God Is not limited to our circumstances The reason that you and I have to give him praise this morning is not ultimately rooted in our circumstances or in our environment or what's happening in the world around us. It is not bound by our story or confined by our experiences. That is really good news. Because the object of and the reason for our praise is in the unchanging person of God himself. The the covenantal name that he gave to Moses to tell the people of Israel just who God was is this. I am that I am. Or I am the self-existent one. The, The psalmist is able, listen to this, he's able to root The reason for his praise, not in who God was, but in who God is. And do you know what we get to do this very day? The exact same thing. Because God is not the, He is not, He doesn't say, I was who I was, or I will be who I will be, says, I am that I am the unchanging nature of God. For the Lord, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. My goodness. We could continually be praising God just simply because of who he is. That's great news. But not just because of who he is, also because... Of what he has done Remember he has revealed himself to us through his word But then also through his works Through his activity If we want to get an understanding of what this God of the universe is like We simply scan the history of our world And we consider all that he has done His character is shown through his work. Among the works referred to are in in terms of the covenant that he established with his people. It's highly related to him being this covenantal God. He says that he makes provision of food for those who fear him. This is what he does. He's he's giving the nations to his people as their inheritance. His his faithfulness to his very word to, to, to have a land for his people to dwell on, dwell in. He sends redemption, he says, to his people. Though there's no shortage of difficulty and challenge throughout the history of Israel, God had established a covenant with his people. And he would be faithful to them. And their redemption would be the result of his work and his faithfulness. That that was the story of Israel. They had seen God deliver them. They had seen God redeem them. And the truth of it is, the story of the Bible is a story of of a God who is at work continually. A, A God who is on the move. Who is actively sharing himself with a people. A people he has worked to redeem. So when we pick up this book, we are not primarily reading a book of commands or good advice. Certainly we find those in God's word. We're not primarily reading a book about commands and advice telling us what we should do. Rather, we are reading a a book that is primarily a story of redemption telling us what God has done. Israel's God's covenant people were able to consider the testimony of their ancestors, the story of their deliverance, and, and God's faithfulness. And if they could do that then... How much more can we do that right now? In fact, the truth is, we have more reason than ever to praise God when we consider His great work of salvation. Our deliverance and God's faithfulness are seen fully in the person and the work of Jesus Christ Himself, who is the image of the invisible God, the the firstborn of all creation. Paul tells us in Colossians, for in him, in Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God became man. As we step into Advent series, this is what we remember and celebrate. God's working among us. His dwelling with us. God became man, took on flesh, dwelled with us, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is God's redeeming work through Jesus for you and for me. He sent redemption to his people, verse 9, Psalm 111, in the form for us of a person, a great redeemer. And God tells us there's there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And this Jesus... Died willingly in our place to deliver you and me from the power and the penalty of sin and to bring us back into favor with God. In other words, Jesus came to redeem us. It's His great work. It's His great work. All the characteristics of God that are expressed in this psalm. Righteousness, grace, mercy, faithfulness, justice, power. We, as God's people, people of the king, Jesus himself, don't just see these characteristics. We get to experience them. We become the beneficiaries of them. That's why Paul prays in Ephesians that the church, he asks that the church would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they might be filled with all the fullness of God. And this, folks, because of what he has done for you and for me is what you and I get to have in Christ. The fullness of God. An undeserving, broken People who are constantly stiff-arming God in His grace. And yet He is relentless in His pursuit. That is reason to praise. While we may not always be able to rejoice in our circumstances, and trust me, that is not lost on me. It does not mean, it's very... Important that we catch this. It does not mean that life will always be just peaches from here on out. It does not mean that there won't be seasons that we endure significant storms individually, corporately. It does not mean that the winds of pain and suffering won't crash up against our boat. But it does mean that when they do, we are still able to rejoice in the Lord. That's from another world. That's something that nobody in this room can do. Only God can do that for us. Only God can provide that type of praise in our life. So finally, what is the look of praise? As we consider, what does it look like to be a people of praise? Just in plain language, what does that look like? Well, three things. First is, it looks like just simply revering God or respecting God for who he is. Look at verse 10, the way that this uh, verse, this chapter bookends at the end of it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it, have a good understanding his praise endures forever the awesome nature of God his character and his work um, should naturally lead us to fearing him which then leads to obeying him now now fear it's important to, to understand that fear does not look like an anxious criminal uh, before a powerful and terrifying judge but the fear that's mentioned here Looks more like a, a vulnerable And trusting child Before good and loving Parents A reverential fear One of respect and love The 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 fact that we are to, inside of us, we should long as God's people to understand his word and his works. We must maintain this attitude before him. It's the the foundation and the the wisdom, for wisdom and understanding in all of life. This fear that we have of God leads us ultimately to be, be a people who obey him not because he, we sort of begrudgingly have to But because we get to as his people This loving God And it's the way that Psalm 111 ends Is actually the way Psalm 112 begins Oftentimes these two Psalms are read together They go together And what you'll discover is If you were to keep reading through Psalm 112 You will get a picture of what life looks like For those who fear God the, the, the object, sort of the subject of the, of the chapter Sort of changes and focuses on the people of God That they would be a, their righteousness would endure forever That they will never be The people who, who revere God Who praise Him continually Will never be moved They will not be afraid of bad news Their heart will remain steady They will be a people who have Listen to this Who have distributed freely He has given to the poor so what does it look like to be a person of praise, a person who fears the Lord? It looks like to be a person, a person who is just generous with what they have. It's why we do a thanksgiving offering every year. It's, an, it's a, a built-in rhythm into the, just the rhythm of this church, that, a habit that reminds us that out of God's grace and mercy that our response should be praise and thanksgiving that we should give thanks and then distribute freely to the poor. Give to those who need around us. Be a blessing to the world that God has placed us in. Thanksgiving offering is a strategic way to apply this text to your life this week. Secondly what else does it look like? It looks like rejoicing with others Notice in verse 1 the psalmist says I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart In the company of the upright In the congregation What an amazing vision For Sunday morning worship in this church Whole heart before God In the company of each other Not at home He's not leading a chorus by himself He says he's in the company of others In the congregation He goes to the sanctuary He goes to church To pour out his heart in praise And that's precisely what we do When we walk in here on Sunday morning When we enter this room We join choruses of praise To the triune God And we hear each other Do the exact same thing And as we do that, the the result, the effect is that we are a mutual encouragement to each other. We are reminded that we are not in this alone. For a moment on Sunday morning when we sing songs to Jesus, life's circumstances, the troubles of the world that assault us day in and day out suddenly are held up Against the glory of the living God Strength Power Unity Our voice joins the voices Of our brothers and sisters As a chorus of defiance Is raised up in the face of sin and death And we boast in the victory That we share in Jesus Christ This is what we do It's no small thing This isn't just a way to sort of Ease into the message Right? This is an opportunity for us to be reminded of all the reasons that we have to to give praise and then to actively do that together. Finally, we are to revere his name, rejoice with others, and also remember his works. Verse 2, great are the works of the Lord. Studied By all who delight in them The progression here is that, that Studying God's words Will lead to delight And then lead to praise If you're thinking to yourself Well how do I leave here And how do I become The person of praise That, is, that, that God wants me to be Well it tells us right here In the text that studying His works Leads to delighting in God Which then results In praise to God So there's something you can do Study God's works this, I'm excited for this coming year As we as a church um, Initiate a, a Bible reading plan As a, as a whole church um, a, Sort of a guided tour Of the, the story of redemption And it, it, the design for that Is not just to increase our knowledge Although that's a good result But ultimately to increase our delight which then overflows into forming us as Into a people of praise Verse 4 says that he has caused his wondrous works To be remembered Remembered here is the word for memorial It could be translated memorial It could be read he has caused his wonders To be a memorial Perhaps if you're familiar with the Old Testament You know how Abraham traveled across the ancient Near East And he left wells and, and altars as memorials That God was with him Guiding him sort of all along the way if you remember the nation of Israel After passing over the Jordan Upon entering the land of Canaan Remember you're familiar with the story In Joshua chapter 4 The Lord had directed them Twelve men to go into the Jordan And to take out each of them a stone So twelve stones And to, to place them on the ground Where they were going to lodge that evening And the reason they were to do this Pick up these big stones And place them there in that place He tells us was that That this might be a sign among you When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark, the concern of the Lord. Then it passed over the Jordan. They passed over the Jordan. Waters of the Jordan were cut off so that these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. When people look at those stones, they will be forced to remember God's miraculous work among them what he had done. Here's the deal, church. The memorials that God has designed is not just limited to stones. Israel themselves was in some way, in a very real sense, a memorial. God's own people living, breathing testimony to the wonderful working power of God. And as his people, that's precisely what you and I are. We are memorials of a God who is at work. So in closing, we should never forget where we've come from. We should never forget it. And this week leading up to Thanksgiving, I want to just encourage you specifically to take time To reflect on God's work in your life. Now, I'll I'll confess, I'm not a huge journaler. It's not, you know, if you look at my journals, you'll often see like months in between. It's not just something that comes naturally to me, but I, I, I I do it because I understand the importance of memorializing God's work in my life that I need to remember. So, I want to encourage you this week. Two things. One. Take time to reflect on God's work in your life. If you want to become a person of praise, do this. Reflect on how God has worked in your life. That in and of itself will cause you to praise him. Secondly, I want to encourage you to share some aspect of how God has worked in your life with somebody around you. Will led us in worship earlier from Psalm 78. And in Psalm 78, it's, you know, God's people are, re- are asked to remember all that God has done, but not just that, but then to pass down from one generation to the next how God has worked. And so for us, it's not just about remembering God's work in our life, it's also about sharing that with others Remember when I first heard the testimony of my dad When he came to know um, Jesus as his savior Like it it provided a wonderful uh, Window into his life But then also it it caused for me An appreciation of, of who God was And what he had done And a heritage that I now share with my father Tell somebody How God has worked In your life What do you have to be thankful for Tell somebody that Church as a people We are a people Of praise And we have really good reason To praise God Let's pray now God we are um, So grateful as we consider Simply first and foremost Lord Just who you are You are a good and gracious God Who loves us You are faithful and your loving kindness To us endures forever We thank you Lord for who you are Lord, we also thank you um, this morning as we just consider not just who you are, but also all that you have done. The many ways that we've seen you at work in our lives, in the lives of our family members or neighbors or our church, Lord. Um, Lord, you are a God who is at work and your work testifies to your character. And so, Lord, I pray that as we consider um, who you are and all that you've done, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be a church that directs our praise exclusively to you. Help us not forget, Lord, and, and as we long for you to do even greater things in and through us as a people, Lord, um, Lord, help us to be a people who, who praise you along the way. Love and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.